wake up! The games are over, and it's time for our guys to break it all down. After all, it's Sunday. What else do you have to do? Nothing. This is your Morning After Podcast with Hanson Scotty and Lloyd Cole on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. the morning after podcast hans olsen scott gerard lloyd cole will join us here momentarily hans we got a text about 15 minutes ago from lloyd who said just getting my morning coffee and then we waited and waited but um apparently that coffee takes a little bit to brew i guess i don't know what's going on yeah he said you guys are going to need to wait i'm getting my coffee the morning after waits for nobody yeah, our listeners, our 55 people need, uh, okay, so after BYU <laughs> loss, we'll probably lose 10 or 15 <laughs> listeners, so our 40 people, they need this podcast. We're here for people, come on, come on. So when Lloyd joins us, we'll give him a hard time and yes. figure out what's going on there. Boy, hands, do we have a lot to talk about. Um, let's start with, uh, your game yesterday in Lawrence, Kansas set the scene. I mean, the place looked like it was rocking sell out, probably a good amount of BYU fans and crazy game back and forth. Unfortunately, one too many interceptions down the stretch in this bad boy. One too many interceptions, just too many turnovers. The scene was as good as college football gets. It was just Another sellout, another packed stadium. Um, two, two more undefeated teams. Like just everything that you could want. Um, it wasn't as crazy as the Arkansas environment, but it was really good. And things started really good, Scotty. Yeah, first half looked awesome. Everything was rocking and rolling. And you get out of that first half, I think it's 17-14 BYU. And you're just feeling pretty good about how the game's flowing. And, you know, it's interesting because at the half, I, I'd, I'd watched all three of Kansas's games. But I spent more time with their Illinois game and their Nevada game. Their halftime adjustments with their corners are always good whether it's to back off and a little soft or it's to hard press and be a little more physical. And at halftime, because I had seen a lot of the throws that Slovis was making are their, their lane throws. So if I'm a corner or if I'm a safety and I get any type of tip of where a receiver's lined up or where the quarterback's eyes are or whatever I'm reading as a corner and safety, if I get those tips, I can jump those lanes. And I was saying it at half. I'm like, you've got to be really careful with some of those throws because you're throwing across the field, you're throwing, you're flipping it to the outside. Those That's pick six area. And these corners can be really aggressive and really good. And 
they came out in the second half and started jumping the routes and started to make things really difficult for BYU. And it was a bummer. It was a bummer because you went from an amazing half and feeling really good to feeling like you couldn't do much right. And then Kansas's offense looked out of sorts in the first half. They had some moments, but they looked out of sorts. Not in the second half. It was like Devin Neal and Jalen Daniels and the whole crew, High Shaw, that other running back. Yeah. The whole crew just shifted it into gear and figured it out. And they went on some lengthy drives and made it really tough. But you're right, man. It was a it was an incredible environment. But obviously losing thirty eight twenty seven it's just not what BYU fans wanted. Jalen uh, Daniels only throws for 130 yards, but and on 14 of 19 passing, three touchdowns. Uh, but it was the ground game, 221 yards of rushing. You mentioned nil with 91 yards. BYU, on the other hand, a grand total. If you take off the sacks and the TFLs, um, a grand total of nine yards rushing. LJ Martin, 11 carries, 28 yards. Smith, four carries for 10 yards, second consecutive game. You haven't seen anything from Aiden Robbins. And uh, it's just uh, we've been bemoaning the fact that BYU can't run the football, and you put a lot of pressure on Keaton Slovis. Uh, He throws the pick six, and then another pass that looks like it might be there, but just woefully underthrown. Am Am I off base on that one? On which one? The second interception. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's start with the the running game that you brought up for BYU because I think that that might be the biggest issue for BYU right now. There's alignment things. You saw there was another covered receiver. Yeah, Yeah, I did. So that's four. That's one every game. And uh, it it, it was tough because... it makes you ask some tough questions to Kalani in the post game, and I, I had to ask a couple of tough questions of why why another covered receiver. He said, "Yep, got to get that figured out." Um, I said, nine yards. What's going on with the offensive line?" He said, "Yep, got to get that figured out." He Kalani hits that thing head on. He he really does. He he accepts the questions and. And Scotty, you know you've been doing this a lot of years. Those aren't fun questions to nope, ask. Nobody nope. wants to ask that. Nope. No, sir. They're not fun. But I think that Blake Anderson is good at answering the tough questions. Kalani's good. He's like, look, man, you know, this is where the rubber hits the road a little bit. And got to start getting things fixed and figured out right now. So here's a couple of things. Scotty, you know when you make a mistake and it's still a win, sometimes those mistakes get swept under the rug a little bit. When you make a mistake and it results in a loss, those mistakes get a lot uglier and they're not fun. Yeah. So these these mistakes have now come in a loss. And a very unacceptable loss because it, it at the start of the season you're you're three and zero and you're making those mistakes and you're like okay yeah okay fine it was only it was only forty yards of rushing but 
it was still a win. So relax. Or, yeah, okay, there was some alignment issues and there was a covered receiver and there was some issues going on with mistakes, mental errors, but we won, so relax. When you lose, it's not relax anymore. It's all right, well, this better not carry over to Cincinnati. This better not carry into TCU and into Texas Tech because right now, I think BYU's got a three-game stretch in front of them with a bye week in between Cincinnati and TCU that they can get to three and one in conference play. And that's totally different than it used to be, Scotty. For sure. Because it used to be a one loss in Independence, and it was like, all right, whatever. But now you can get to three and one in conference play over the next four weeks with a bye week in there, and things are different. So it just needs to shift into gear, and they need to figure out some of these alignment issues. There was uh, one play where it was a screen pass, and a tight end and receiver came back to the screen and kind of bumped into each other. It was two guys fighting to the same screen. And I don't know if I've ever seen that. I, I, don't, I can't remember ever seeing two guys, each of them thinking that the screen was coming to them. <laughs> so, that is a first. Have you ever seen that? No, I've not seen that. Two no. guys yeah. and, and hit each other. And it was, it was like... Uh, uh-oh. Um, there was a, a three-minute... There was a three-minute where everybody was on the sidelines and, you know, it's critical moment, critical moment for BYU. They've got to get... They got. They just got... I think they just got a touchdown. They were going for a two-point conversion. They needed every timeout that they had because it was like eight minutes left and they were, they were going to be down by seven if they got the two-point conversion. And I think that they came out of the three-minute. They were in this alignment. They had to call a timeout because they couldn't get lined up right out of the three-minute. And it's like, oh, man, no, you can't burn that timeout. And they did. And that left them with one timeout and eight minutes left. And then Kansas goes on a six-and-a-half-minute drive and just burns clock and kicks a field goal to extend it by two scores. It backed BYU up. Uh, BYU ended up with a – I can't remember when the timeout was taken, but BYU ended up just going to um, kick the extra point, and then they were down by eight. So they in that final drive, they needed to score and get two. But Kansas went down there, eight o'clock, the and – the field goal. Yeah. So it's stuff like that that's, I'm sure, that's maddening. And Kalani's going to work on. I know he'll work on. So there's a lot of room for that, for them to improve. The running game, buddy, I think that, I think it's more the offensive line at yeah. this point than, than it is the running back. I, I'll I'll dig through the um, the game a little bit, and uh, because you know I was up in the press box getting ready for the Utah State game, and so I had it on, and I was switching back between that and the Utah game. So I'll dig a, dig into it a little bit closer, and and obviously have a more educated opinion coming up uh, tomorrow. But I just a couple things I wanted to 
ask you about. Uh, Kingsley was out for a good chunk of the game, but he came back in, correct? He did, right okay. at the end of the game. Okay, that's yeah. good to hear. Yeah, at the end of the game. So it was good to see him back. Bywater makes me nervous. Yeah, that's the next question I was going to ask you. Yep, Ben Bywater makes me really nervous. Um, sounds like he was having a pretty tough time on the sideline. Uh, according to our sideline guy, Mitch Jurgens, uh, it's it sounds like there, it, Ben was in a good amount of pain, and it, he didn't know exactly what was wrong with him. But that makes me nervous because losing Ben Bywater would be unacceptable. He, he so dang good. And then they lost Parker Kingston. Yeah, with that. A lot of people are kind of wondering if that was targeting or let, let me give my take on that really quick, Scotty, Sure, because that's, that's become a pretty hot topic. So Parker Kingston gets the fly sweep off the right side and you've got some blockers, some receivers that are blocking on the left side. So he was trying to get to the outside of that blocking Kansas corner named Kobe Bryant sees the fly sweep, reads it early, comes out of a drop coverage and comes flying up the field. And you see Parker Kingston in slow motion. You see him, he sees him at the last minute, but it was it was the last minute. And Parker was running pretty upright. So Parker starts to lower his helmet just a little bit. And, and Kobe Bryant comes in and he does, he, he forces his left shoulder forward and he he definitely goes at Parker Kingston and hits him hard, hard. And the ball comes loose and Kobe Bryant scoops and scores. So this is my take on it. And and I always try to put myself in the other shoes. Like if that would have been Ben Bywater hitting, I don't know, high shot on the fly sweep. I, I try to put myself in the shoes of, okay, that was a really good hit. That's a big moment for a team. That's a great touchdown. Don't take it away from them. So this is what I think should have happened. There's no reason to not take a look at it just for the safety of the kid. Just say, okay, touchdown's good, under review for targeting. That That's fine to do that. And then go and just look at it and, and see, okay, did, did his helmet contact his helmet? Did he launch with intent? Was the ball carrier, was he unaware? Was it a, a blindside hit? You know, and go through the sets of rules and just see if it's targeting. And, or if it's helmet to helmet. What it looked like for me in the slow-mo that he put his shoulder in, Kingston saw it the last minute, it wasn't blindside, it was just a good hit. Uh, it's a big hit. It's probably a hit that you want to take away from college football because, or any football because it's it's causing concussions. And Kingston was gone the rest of the game, and that was a big blow for BYU. But at the very least, I just would like a review because yeah. I don't think that hurts anything. No. And then you can get on the loudspeaker and you can say, after further review, ball carrier was aware this was not a blind side. The helmets did not collide, whatever you want to say to kind of explain. But just take a look at it for the safety of the kids. That's all I'd want. We've seen them review for less. 
Hey. Yeah. Hi, Lloyd. Hey. Oh, I've been, I've been, I've been here the whole time. Uh, that's no, no, that's not. Oh, true. I've actually been here for about twenty minutes of, of. Uh, We've been rolling as his opening monologue. We've been rolling for fifteen minutes and twenty nine seconds, and yeah, yeah, you were not here for all everything that, that Hans said. I kept waiting to break in. I'm like, dude, no, he's rolling. Let no, him go. I guess. How's the Folgers? <laughs> No Folgers here, pal. I'm like, oh, maybe I can go. No, he's he's still got something good here to say. I like what he's saying. Hey, this is fair. This is fair. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, The thing is, it, like, it, it depends on the angle that you see of that hit, by the way. Like, I've seen, I, I mean, I'm sure you guys have seen it on, on social media, like, you know, because you got BYU fans that are irate about it. And there's there's many different angles on it. Like, the angle that's, there's a slow, there's like a, a still frame that's from back, uh, from like back of the end zone, roughly. And I'm like, yeah, that looks like targeting right there. But then if you watch it from the from the side, it looks like he leads with his shoulder. So, like, it depends on the angle, but it's definitely, I mean, we've seen them, we've seen them you know, uh, call, let's, let's review this for targeting on, on way less. Yeah. The initial hit, guys, just from my angle, the initial hit looked like he led with his shoulder. And but that's why I didn't go crazy in the broadcast, because it just looked like Kingston saw it at the last second and looked like Kobe dropped his shoulder and went right through him. And it was it a blindside hit? No. It kind of, not really, but kind of because the guy he didn't see it coming because he came the way he came around the the uh, the lineman, the offensive lineman. It was like all of a sudden he just popped up out of nowhere and he popped him quick. So, but no, I mean, it, not really a blindside though. No, I I can't call that a blindside because he's a active ball carrier and his and his eyes were forward and. Kobe Bryant did come up quick. I mean, look, that was a that was a quick converge. Yeah. But I just want to just take a look at it. That's all. Not too much to ask. Just re- yeah. That's just just review it and and if you do see that it's inside that that targeting rule, then do the right thing. I, I at one point I thought we were trying to make this safer, but if if we're not making it safer, that's then that's fine. Let's just tell the kids it's not any safer and you're going to end up having to drink food through a straw at an older age and and don't worry about your concussions again. I don't know. All right. Let's uh, shift gears. Lloyd, the floor is yours. I don't think you – Kyle Whittingham can't – there isn't a more Kyle Whittingham game than what we saw yesterday. Frank Dolce was calling the uh, Utah State game over on KJAZ, and uh, and he and I were chatting a little bit before the game up in Logan, and I'm like, if Kyle Whittingham could draw up a perfect game, it might be what we saw yesterday, where it's just defense, 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 special teams, a punter who was uh, just bombing the ball like crazy, and let your defense just shine. And that's pretty much what we had yesterday. It wasn't aesthetically pleasing. If you went to that Utah game, I wouldn't be upset if you wanted your money back because that looked boring as hell. But at the end of the day, it's a Utah W, and that's frankly all that matters. And Nate Johnson comes in and gets the start. We all kind of thought Wednesday, Thursday that it was going to be Cam and he was going to go. And then 
Something happened. As you mentioned, Hans, this is why you listen to Hans Olsen. Nate Johnson gets the start. Cam rising out again. And after a pick six to start the game, Utah just settles in and does what Utah does. Plays ball control offense, adds a few more points, and then tries to shut you down defensively. And Lloyd, I thought it was all on display yesterday for the Utes. I don't look. There's no such thing as ugly win. I'm not downplaying what Utah did. I'm just saying that was Utah in a nutshell right there. And they come out with a big W against UCLA. It was uh, watching uh, Morgan Scout. In fact, the, the whole focus of the game watching it was was the battle of Morgan Scally versus Chip Kelly. Like I think Morgan Scally got more face time, uh, definitely more face time than Kyle Whittingham. Uh, and that's what the I mean. That's what the storyline was. It was the the back and forth battle. And I'll tell you what, having, having Karini Reed, back, you know, back in that lineup was, was obvious, and that started right from the get go. As as he pick, gets a pick six on the very first play of the game, uh, and and takes it to the house. It was it was it looked just like that uh, that Lander Barton one from the game before, uh, where and now that's their there's what their second pick six of the season. They've now had twenty one straight seasons of of having a, a pick six, which is remarkable, um, you know, but. So you have Karini Reed who does that. He has nine total tackles, four solo, uh, a half uh, half tackle for a tackle for a loss, and you think that guy? Wow, he's got, he must be the the defensive MVP of the game, right? You're wrong. <laughs> uh, J- Jonah Ellis had himself a game. Dude had to- ten total tackles, three and a half sacks, five tackles for a loss. Uh, I mean. That defense was was something spectacular. I think it's time to. I mean, it's time to start having that 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 conversation of is this by, by chance possibly one of one of Morgan Scally and Kyle you know slash Kyle Whittingham's best defenses ever. Like this defense is it's up there. And don't get me wrong, they have they've got a lot to still prove in the Pac-12 because they're going to see something a lot more. But it's kind of what. What you know, we hands talked about most of the week. This defense is probably going to twist up. You know, uh, this this freshman quarterback in in Dante Moore, and boy, did they twist him up! Like you they, they, they they put him in his place. If you would have told me, Lloyd, that Jonah Ellis would have more sacks then Nate Johnson would have rushing yards. <laughs> <laughs> That's a true stat. Jonah Ellis had more sacks than Nate Johnson had rushing yards. And I can't even... I'm, I'm just looking... He ended up with, as you mentioned, three and a half sacks, but he put... Another By the way, I didn't see, I didn't notice it like that. That is the, it <laughs> is a great stat, Hans. Yeah, I, I'm just looking at this. I'm that is crazy. But he ends up throwing another couple TFLs on there, and that might be one of the best games we've seen from a Utah defensive lineman since, I mean, going back to maybe Nate Orchard or, you know, when you're talking about five TFLs. I, we'll have to go back and find the last defensive lineman for Utah that went three and a half sacks on five TFLs in a game. That's old school type. Like, that's Nate Johnson, Paul Kruger-like. Yeah. That's big. 
Yeah, that, that, that's huge. He, dude, dude's going to be. Uh, I can't imagine he's he's not, uh, but dude probably is, should be Pac-12 player of the game uh, or Pac-12 player of the week. Uh, Guy was oh, phenomenal. Oh, he'll he'll he'll. I I well, I don't know what else other people did I mean, across that, the conference, yeah, but but I have a hard exactly. time thinking that's not going to happen. And there was one play, Lloyd, where he just. I mean, it was just a straight bull rush, and and took the offensive lineman and just threw it right into the quarterback's lap and. And 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 got the sack. It was as impressive of a just you know. There's sometimes hands a defensive lineman. You do the rip. You do the spin. Uh, you do you know. You just beat a guy just with sheer speed and athleticism. This was just brute force trauma to get the sack yes. and and just sitting back and being like, whoa, holy smokes. And, you know, we talked about, you know, Peppa and Tafuna, and we talked about all these defensive players that we knew were going to be big. But in the pre, you know, leading up to the season, we didn't talk a lot about Jonah Ellis. But, boy, we sure should have because this guy is just putting on a show right now. You know, I remember when I got six TFLs in a, in a game to set BYU's all-time <laughs> single-game TFL record. <laughs> Do you have a honk sound effect? I don't. I mean, <laughs> dang I, I don't know where I, I don't know where I was going with that. I just <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Scott. There's something you need to add to your little repertoire. All right. A car crash for me, but no honk. Okay, gotcha. I remember Collar or Fort Collins. Were you were on the road for that, weren't you? Yeah, it was on the road. Uh, Colorado State. <laughs> yeah, and I think I had a I think I had a, a block punt and a and a scoop. I don't think I scored, but I think I blocked the punt and got it to the one yard. Whoa! Block. I've never heard of the block yeah. punt before. Oh yeah, yeah. Wow! I nearly scored off a block punt that that uh, I took to the one yard line. I think it was. Did you did you fall? Did, did, did you fall or did they get you? Well, of course they got me, Lloyd. Oh, okay. I didn't know if you <laughs> fell. I didn't know if you got so excited, like you just started, like almost like wheezing as you're like, ah, like so excited. The arms, Look, arms were this. waving. I don't, I don't want to make this about me. Let's <laughs> not. Yeah, but you do because you brought it up. But, <laughs> but uh, hey, was there? Is there? Were there? Like fixable problems with the offense because seven points came from the offense, right? Yeah, seven points, and that came. By the way, uh, they they finally got a little bit of a rhythm toward towards the end of the the first half, and and were able to punch it in right about. I think it was like about the one minute mark, um, but. It's it, to be honest with you that one I, I would say that UCLA defense they're 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 pretty they're decent they're they're pretty good they're they're. Uh, they're athletic. They're fast. They, it was, it, but to be honest, it was two. It was two freshmen. It was two. The, 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 in fact, they looked the exact same. They looked deer in the headlights. One, I, I will say, I know Kyle Winningham is probably ate a, a ton of a bunch of tums last night because he had some anxiety with the, the amount of times that I mean, he put the ball on the the on the ground a few times again. Yeah, he did. Uh, I think he only lost. I think he lost one fumble, if I remember right, or did he get them both back? No, I, he, I think he, he lost one. I think he he lost he did lose one uh, and it was early but that defense was so dang good that it didn't it didn't it didn't matter but you saw all of a sudden as soon as he started out he's like okay we're gonna run this ball and we're gonna run it even if it's trying running with you um, but they ran they were able to you just saw they completely 
I felt like they lost the faith in, uh, a little bit in in well, they, well, I won't say they lost the faith. They just they knew their defense was good enough at, that that if they could, it felt like probably about when you know halfway through that second quarter, I thought to myself, I was like, you know what, if 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 they can get one more score, whether it's a field goal or a touchdown, it felt like they were going to win this. Yeah. I mean, that's what we mentioned. It felt like they were good. There was no chance, and they shouldn't even score that 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 touchdown. I mean, you, you'll hear if you. I don't know if you had a chance to hear Kyle Whittingham yet, but but on that uh, that third, there was a, they had them third and twenty six, and there was uh, an illegal substitution that Kyle that Kyle Whittingham mentioned in the in the post game, and it it was they didn't have a chance to to sub out, and they broke a they they ended up getting it to fourth and like seven, and then they had a huge play. Uh, to the running back, I'm going blank. Not not still, but the uh, the other guy. Anyways, um, but that's they should have had him stop. They shouldn't have had a score. They would have still had, they would have had him like fourth and twenty twenty uh, or yeah fourth and twenty something. So it was, it was T.J. Harden. Yes. Yeah. And that's the so, thing, you know. As soon as yeah, they it, got up those two scores, they just took it took the air out of the game and just was exactly. like like yeah, you're not coming back on this defense. And we're going to make sure the offense doesn't turn it over. We're just going to play it safe. I mean, like I said, it was just a Kyle Whittingham game. Like, I got two scores. I've got a defense that's playing out of their mind. And we've got a good special teams unit. So if I've, and Utah punted it eight times in that game. So it's like, and again, the, the, I don't want it to come across like I'm, this was a winning, you know, it's, it's a winning formula for Kyle Whittingham when he has that kind of defense. And it's a smart thing to do. Look, I've got a quarterback who's inexperienced. Uh, I'm not going to force him to do anything that could put this game in jeopardy. So we're just going to play it safe and win this game. And that's exactly what they did. And right now, even if Cam comes back, Cam's going to be a little rusty. You have the best defense in the Pac-12 by a mile. So just chill, do your thing, and uh, and and don't put your uh, don't put your defense in a bad situation. And that's exactly what they did time and time again. You're right. There was that one fumble by Nate Johnson. But even then, Utah was able to get right off the field again. And it was, I mean, it was, it was oh, a spectacular performance. The UCLA had was oh. ridiculous. Oh, yeah. yeah they, it was, they had a, that three and outs was, it was just it was every time. They, and they, that defense was, like I said, they, they were so good. Um, so I, I didn't listen. My thought is. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Scotty. I was just going to say, did, was there an update on Jaquindon Jackson? Because I know that he uh, he got banged up pretty good in that game, Lloyd. Did did you hear anything you know afterwards? He, no, there wasn't an update on that. But he did. He uh, he one limp. He limped off the field, and then he went into the uh, to the um, the old tent into the locker room. Oh, locker room. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, he went into the locker room. Yeah, and he was. I was like, I don't think he, he's he's coming back, and he didn't. And and it sounds like you know that they have got a little platoon, not including Chris Curry right now, because Chris Curry is still trying to come back. Even though you saw him against Weber State, um, he's not a hundred percent. He wasn't out there. He didn't take any reps. Uh, and so um, you saw, um, but the, he did say he did say that he's just it's a you know he's dealing with that that ankle sprain and it's it's it's. It's day to day, essentially. You know, he's. I think Jaquindon is trying to do what he can. You saw he had a he had a he had a he had a nice run that was you know like a sixteen yarder. Um, but it was the reason he was able to do that was because he was able to run straight through a hole. If it required a cut of any sort, he can't cut. 
like and I think we've started started to see that even against Weber State. Like he can't cut. He like he's it's a it's like it's a high ankle sprain and he's it's something that's going to hamper him all season long unless he can get some rest and I don't know when that's going to happen. They I mean they might not they might need to you know just go with with Glover and hopefully you get Curry back and and see if you can't get him healed up but I don't know you tell me hands is that something you're just going to have to deal with the whole the, the whole season I I don't know I don't know how he's going to get back 100%. I just don't know if that happens in a season. With the high ankle? Right. Yeah, I had, I had one high ankle. I had a severe high ankle my redshirt freshman year, and it took a straight six weeks of being off the ankle because I was just a redshirt freshman. I was not a real important piece. I took six weeks, got off the ankle. When I got back on the ankle, I was just mediocre. It, it, my ankle didn't feel good until the following spring. Jeez. That's that's how long it took me. Yeah, it, And I think two days after my high sprain, it, it might be the most pain I've ever felt in my life. Now, my, my torsion was... <laughs> <laughs> Was that a good time, Scotty? No, you can. No. Hey, look, we can get loose good on time. a Sunday. We can talk. We can talk about. We can talk about Pac Man if you want. It's all good. Sure. Bring up Pac Man. <laughs> oh man, I didn't even. We were going to get there today. It must be Sunday morning. But I'm telling you right now, it was. I think it's the most pain I've ever felt in my life. Two days after that high sprain. So, Lloyd, to your point, it it was six weeks off the ankle, and then it just didn't feel better until the following spring. It, it was so much freaking pain. But um, um, one and three quarters over here. Yeah. <laughs> but can Glover be the guy if he needs to be? You know, we had an e- 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 well. He had some runs. You know, I mean, he had. 20- Five carries for eighty six yards. Yeah, three point four average. So he he actually had some moments. You know, he's been he's been interesting to watch because I you know you've heard I've been high on him. I think he he can be that next great back. But he had for some reason like he takes that first hit and he can't stay on his feet at times. But I saw times in that game where he did stay on his feet. He broke some tackles. He's just he has that body that low that low body. I feel like could be really good uh and and if he can just if he can learn to take some you know bounce off some tackles and and, and break some tackles then he i think he he's he's i mean he he really is your future i mean is he is he as good as jaquindon is when he's 100 percent right now probably probably not jaquindon he's he's special and i think you know he could have some you know right now he could have a future in the at the in the nfl uh but he obviously needs more reps as a running back but but i think glover could potentially be you know could be that 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 guy uh, i've been thinking he could be that for a long time it just it just hasn't happened but um but you did you know it was interesting uh, we we talked about this in the post game and how hard is it? Would have is it be? We talked about how the up and down of was Cam Rising going to play or was he not going to play during the week? How difficult is that, hands? When when you're when you're 
when you're Nate Johnson trying to prepare for a game, not knowing if you're starting or not starting, and and it sounded like Cam was getting a lot, lot more reps during the week. Well, the, according to Coach McBride, yeah. Uh, Co- Coach Max, what did Coach Max say, guys? He said that he guaranteed Cam it. was taken. He guaranteed it. And he said <laughs> yep. Cam was taken. Half he put his money where his mouth is, too. That'll be an interesting conversation on Friday. Yeah, that, that'll oh, be, be awkward. And, and honestly, guys, I I really was. I was going off what I saw with Weber State. There, there's no reason you don't play Cam Rising for a half in Weber State if you're going to play him in the game against UCLA. And that's what it came down to for me. That's why I put my feet in the ground and said, no, I'll, I'll take that bet. Um, because I, I've seen this before, and I and I know that's how you manage your quarterback. And when they didn't play him against Weber State, I, that told me that you're not going to play him. And Coach McBride... He, look, he knows that Cam Rising was doing what Lloyd was just talking about. He was practicing and with the ones. He, he said it. So, yeah, Lloyd, that's a problem. If you're Nate Johnson, you're thinking, well, it's not my game. This is no longer my offense. I got to stay ready. I'm sure I've got a package that I'm going to still run or two because I think you'll do that all year with Nate. I know Whittingham said he's got seventy five percent of the offense in the in the post game. He said he's got seventy five percent of the offense down. Nate Johnson does, oh. but I, it didn't. Watching that game, it I don't think I, I wouldn't say he's comfortable with seventy five percent of it. Yeah, you know what? Well, let's. Now, my my question is though, guys. So, okay, it's Kyle Whittingham win, Kyle Kyle Whittingham style win, and. You got Oregon State, which Oregon State lost 38-35 to Washington State. Yeah, they got boat race pretty good. Crazy. But at some point, you are going to need offense. At some point, you're going to have to put 28 on the board. Don't you think? With with the offenses that they're going to see? Yeah, yep. Yeah, I I think so. I mean, like I said, that defense is... Special, it might be their best, but but you, you you do you need to get something. You're gonna have to. I you can't be comfortable with only uh, seven points on offense. Like this, just that's not what you want to. I mean, this isn't the the Ravens of 2001. Although it's close, <laughs> it's it, close. it might be the college. Hey, it, it might be the college football version of that. Honestly, it um, may be. Uh, um, but I mean, let's be honest here. What other team in the country? can go 4-0 with the schedule that Utah had against a Florida team that was ranked. Man, that's against, impressive. Against Baylor, you throw in an FCS team in Weber State, and then against UCLA. You went 4-0 in that stretch without your starting quarterback, without so many key players on defense, uh, without a probably an NFL-bound tight end. And to go undefeated, I don't care about how many points he scored. I don't care how you did it. All that matters is a W. I mean, this needs to be a little bit of a Utah and Kyle Whittingham and Morgan Scally appreciation moment because that is phenomenal that they've been able to do that with essentially rolling out a JV roster from time to time. That's sick. That is sick to think of that. To to think that they gave 11 points to Florida, 13 points to Baylor, Seven to Weber and seven to UCLA. <laughs> That's sick. Oh, Guys, this under, really is. Yeah. It's, it's impressive. You're, you're right, Scotty. It is. This is a Utah appreciation moment. 
because that is, oh man, that's big time. That defense and doing it with the second stringers a lot of yep. time. You lose Kareem and Reed. Yeah, for crying out loud. All right, um, let's shift gears a little bit. Uh, I had the Utah State game last night. <laughs> that was a. Uh, I tell you what, Lagoon doesn't have a roller coaster that could prepare you for what we saw last night. Aggies down thirty-one to seven at one point. It was thirty-one to fourteen at halftime. Uh, it was twenty-four uh, uh, seven, then thirty-one to seven, then thirty-one to fourteen. Utah State rallies, ties it up at 38, and had a couple of drives where they could have gone down and taken the lead. The offense just fought like crazy to get themselves back in this game. Defense played lights out in the second half. They give up a late touchdown. It's 45-38. And let me just, before we talk about the negative hands, uh, and I know, look, you're in that area. You watched McKay Hillstead. You know people like we we're big fans of Will Snowden. Will Snowden's been talking about how great McKay Hillstead's going to be. He gets his first start last night, and once things start to settle in a little bit, he played a phenomenal game. I mean, this kid is going to be a future superstar, and I understand it. They're going to you know people might say, "Well, you're the Utah State guy." I get it, but there's a couple throws he made last night. There's one that I'm going to try to find a link for you to to see hands where he threw into double coverage uh, into the end zone where he threaded the needle between two defensive backs and threw a touchdown. He had a couple bombs where he hit the guy in stride. Um, He just, I mean, he was flat out dealing. Uh, But he is still a freshman, and he's going to make some freshman mistakes. And when Utah State was down 45-38 with about three minutes left, Started to drive, got all the way down to the James Madison, I want to say six yard line, and rolls out right, was under heavy pressure, and rolled out right, uh, did the Cardinals sin for quarterbacks, throwing back late against uh, against the grain, and was picked off at the goal line. And that ended that drive. Utah State forced a three and out, got the ball back at the James Madison 48 yard line with about 43 seconds left, didn't have a timeout. And his first pass was a little high. This one I'm not going to put on him. Wide receiver uh, had the ball go off his hands. It was intercepted. And so he throws two interceptions on his last two passes. Uh, So Utah State ends up losing a heartbreaker, 45-38. But they fought like crazy getting back in that game. James Madison's a good team. They beat Virginia on the road. They're a good squad. But Utah State probably should have won that game had they not just had all these first quarter issues. They've been outscored in the first quarter in their first four games, 60 to seven. Let me say that again, 60 to seven in the first quarter. If you take away their first quarters, they're dominating teams, but boy, they just can't seem to get things figured out early in the game. Defense has got a lot of issues, uh, but McKay Hillstead's going to be great folks. That's a true freshman. He was playing at Sky Ridge last year. And now he's out dealing for Utah State. This kid's going to be something special. But, yeah, there's a couple of mistakes down the stretch. Offensive line needs to get a little bit of help. They gave up a lot of pressure against a really good front four for James Madison. Utah State's now 1-3. and three. I still feel like they have a chance to really go on a run here. But they're running out of time. they got to get things fixed pretty quick. Do 
James oh. Madison, by the way, is pretty. Let's let's. I mean, yeah, they they should have beat him, but look, James Madison is a. That's a pretty good team, and they beat Bucknell thirty-eight-three. Virginia thirty six to thirty five, Troy sixteen fourteen, but that's that's a team that every year they 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 go, you know, typically punch some some blue blood yeah. or something of some sort or a big name type school or whatever in the mouth every single they do it every year yeah um and, and so that's it's but I I was surprised to see and it, I. I when they they were down thirty one seven, I was just when Utah State was, I was like, wow, what just happened? Are they that good? And it was good to see. You know, I will say it's it was. I got to imagine no Blake Anderson's not happy about the loss, but to see his team fight back and scrape and and claw their way back uh, in that game and behind uh, a freshman quarterback has got to be like, okay, I think we got something we can cook with here. Yeah. You know, and it's it's one of those games where again you want to and and we talked to Blake for a good chunk after the game and post game and and it, it, those are the emotions you go through. It's like, all right, we're we're fired up. There's a lot to build on, but then again, it's like, okay, well, we're one and three. You know, you got to be better than this. This team has a higher standard than that, and so you want to be excited and, and applaud your team and applaud your quarterback for making great calls and or for for playing really well, but then also. You got to take the kid to task a little bit, and it's got to be a learning moment. Like you can't make that throw on the goal line in that kind of a situation. You just can't do it. Uh, right. And and so, you know, he's a freshman. You love him up. You tell him he did great, and then you also say, "Hey, you do that again, I'm going to kick your butt," because you just can't do that. But but they they lose that game by three touchdowns if McKay Hillstead doesn't play. I mean, it's just that it's that simple. That that kid made some great throws, did some incredible things. The future is crazy bright for him. And Utah State, I think the more they settle in, the better they're going to be. Uh, they just got to get off to a better start. It was, uh, I want to say, total yardage after the first quarter was 180 for James Madison and negative 22 for Utah State in total yardage. Oh, their first, Their first nine plays, hands, five of them were TFLs. And I mean, and 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 James Madison came into this game one of the sack leaders and TFL leaders in the country. Utah State ran nine plays; five of them were tackled for losses. Um, but then, when you look at the final yardage for the game, James Madison had five hundred six, and Utah State had five hundred. So essentially, they were able to put up five hundred and twenty-two yards of total offense in the second, third, and fourth quarter. So they flipped the switch. You just can't. You you just you just got to figure out how to dial it in quicker. That is like a lagoon ride, man. Yeah, yeah. That is that's that is crazy swings and wild numbers. Um, I I just wonder, you know, with the interceptions and the turnovers with these young quarterbacks, you you do have to be patient. You've got to bite your tongue a little bit. You'll take them back to the coaching room. You coach them up as much as you can. But I got to imagine that Blake's probably feeling the heat. I'm sure Coach Anderson's probably feeling the heat. He's feeling the the pressures that he's got to get this thing cooking. But it sounds like McKay is just a mistake or two away. And and this team's a first quarter away from putting together three or four wins. Oh, yeah. Yep. 
Yeah, absolutely. So, and that's the thing. You can you can go glass half full. You can go glass half empty. I mean, there's a lot of different ways you can look at this. But at the end of the day, that doesn't matter. What matters is you're one and three, and you got to find a way to fix it. And they go to Yukon this weekend, a long road trip back east, which I am really, really looking forward to. That'll be that'll be fun. Um, that sounds pleasant. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, before we wrap up, just a couple news and notes. Uh, hey, uh, Prime got it handed to him pretty good. How about Oregon making a statement like that, saying, "All right, we're we're done with this circus." We're just going to put the finishing touches on this. They just absolutely annihilate Lloyd. Um, Oregon makes a big statement by taking Colorado behind the whooping shed. Yeah, and Dan Lanning, uh, in fact, we may have to play a little a montage of Dan Lanning comments uh, because he had comments at the front of the in the pregame. Uh, and he had comments at halftime. I mean, at halftime, he said, he said, I have, hope all those Colorado fans have been sitting here watching them. I'm uh, leading up to are still are still watching and and post game like and, and, and Coach Prime. You know what? He went up to the podium. and He said, you know what? That's a there was a little bit of tongue in cheek at times, I think. But there, he said, that's a that's a hell of a coach right there. That's a dang good football program. We got beat on all sides of the ball. And and he did. He did. uh he did, you know, do his uh, his Mia thing, but that's. I know everybody was watching to see what he was going to do uh, when when that time came of them taking a beating like that, which I think we most people thought it was going to probably happen this week because they just don't have the they just don't have the horses. Wow, that was how about I, this line? I was tuned in. How about this line from Dan Lanning? Today we talk with our pads. The Cinderella story is over. They're fighting for clicks. We're fighting for wins. There's a difference. This yep. this game ain't going to be played in Hollywood. It's played on the grass. Ooh, wow, I didn't see that. You know Dion got those before the game. Holy oh. smoke. Good for him. Oh. Yeah, he 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 let it be known. Like this was this, you know what? To Dan Lanning, this was personal. Because remember, it? it's forty-two to seven's the final, but at halftime it was thirty-five to nothing. Colorado didn't break the hundred-yard mark for total offense until hey, the fourth had, quarter. Oregon had a fake punt in there somewhere too. They like they were they were going for blood. They were is making there, a statement. Is there any way that Travis Hunter was worth thirty-six points? Nope. <laughs> no, he was not. Uh, uh, you could tell, guys, that it wasn't. It's not just the Colorado State coach that's sick of it. I, I think that the, we love it because we're just in the entertainment business. But these coaches are in the winning business, and they, I don't think they like the way things are being done. I don't think they like it. The attention that is being applied, and I think that Dan Lanning made that pretty clear with his comments that. Nobody's really liking what is going on with Colorado right now. Well, and it's it's for a coach, and don't get me wrong; he's done plenty on the football field. But what has he done coaching yet? You know, sure he did some stuff at Jackson State, but but that's but that's the thing. Now you're 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 at a at a at a P five school, and what have you done coaching wise now outside? Like, and I, I, I yeah, you're you're I you're right, like. I can't imagine coaches are are digging it like okay you haven't done anything yet 
What is he? Why, why are you demanding all this? Well, and now they play USC. So I think they're going to, Oh, there's such a big target on their back. Like he put that there, but that, that target is <laughs> everybody's looking to the jobs. He can still come out of the season looking good. If so, if he loses to USC, but they get into the stretch, like let's say he beats UCLA, let's say he beats Oregon State, or and he beats Washington State. You know, I, he's not going to beat this Utah team because I think Kyle Whittingham will. Kyle Whittingham will figure out something, and Kyle's just not going to lose. No, no. he'll have that game circled we all too. Know it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but let's just say that. Uh, Dion rolls off some wins after USC. He can still come out of this thing with three losses and look pretty good. Let's see here. They uh, Oregon attempted 2.2 two-point conversions in the first half, faked a punt, went for two fourth-down tries in the third quarter when they were up by 35 points. <laughs> yeah, wow. that was... Uh, even, uh, even the mascot puddles... Uh, entered the stadium wearing a white cowboy hat and gold sunglasses. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> oh, I love it. Even, you know what? Did you, no, think about this, guys. They know. Oregon's like, hey, look, you know, we just lost our conference and we're headed out this way and they're headed that way. And so screw it. Let's have a little fun with this. That, that, that has to be their approach. Have you seen uh, Coach Coach Prime's? Uh, I guess I guess it's his throne. Have you seen his throne that he has at the games? Yeah, yeah. No. So they had the, the the I don't know the two equipment managers or interns or whoever they were like carrying off the throne as, at the end of the game. As, it was a video of these guys just carrying off this throat. I'm like, oh, that's got to be really awkward after you just got your your heads kicked in to have to get. Off this it looks like a literal throne too. Oh, it's it's super embarrassing. It is. It's super obnoxious. It is. It's like what what are you doing? Come on. Like don't get me wrong. I like I like some of this you know this flashiness and it's 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 making me watch. It's you know but it's like oh man this is you're getting everything you deserve kind of right now because you're asking for it. Yeah. I mean everybody wants a piece of you. All right. This one's a beefy one, guys. Geez, hands. We. uh we got to get should you home tomorrow off. I think we should, man. This is a lot of work. We just, you want me to just, should we just run this thing tomorrow? Yeah. Just uh, roll this back a few times and uh, we'll call it good. Okay. <laughs> There's roll a couple other things I want to say, footage. but uh, maybe now, nah, never mind. I'll get myself into trouble. <laughs> Don't, you know where you I'm know. going. <laughs> I think Hans Olsen's going to be in pretty big trouble anyways. He had a, he got pretty loose. Yeah. I, I, I get rumors about what you've been doing over there in Kansas Hans. Like what? Um, Just you're loose, loose, running things loosely. Take it easy on our guy JJ, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I love JJ. I've had some. I've had some fun out here in Kansas. I'm not gonna lie. This has been a blast. JJ apparently loves you and other things too. So that's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Donuts. <laughs> Kansas has been fun though. I I just wish me luck getting out of here today. Yeah. It was weird. We 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 did see like a tornado thing. It it was some of the worst weather I've ever seen in my life. Did you see cows? Well, we did not have cows. Oh, okay. 
Any uh, go? We got cows. Any good? Uh, any good food out there in Kansas? Yes. So I don't know if you guys remember a BYU player named Nate Mickle. Oh yeah, he was mm-hmm. a good player back in the day, and then he did sidelines for. Greg, I think for two years or something, he he's out here as a professor at Kansas. A professor? So, oh, cool. Yeah, he's a professor here wow. at the university. Wow. So Nate took us to a hole in the wall, believe it or not, taco shop here in Kansas that huh. we walked in and, you know, you always love when you walk into a hole in the wall and there's not a single other white person in the entire place. It's just all Mexicans. And they are enjoying their Mexican food and their tacos and their authentic food. And Nate walked in looking like Norm. And <laughs> they, they they served us up this El Pastor. I did an El Pastor quesadilla. I did a carne asada sopa. It like some authentic stuff. And it was some of the best Mexican food I've ever eaten. Wow. See, now you sound like Scotty G eating, uh, you know, Benny and Hanna's in, in, in Mexico. I did not see you going to, to Lawrence, Kansas (laughs) and eating, hitting a taco shop. You take what's given. Yeah. I'm telling you this, like it wasn't to save money on an Uber. This was a planned, targeted area that was supposed to be really good food. No, no Kansas City barbecue. No, nothing. No, Lloyd. No. Uh, Lloyd, you said there's no good barbecue in Kansas City. I agree with that, and obviously, you know what? I was correct because they have better tacos than they do barbecue. So there you go. <laughs> Calm it down. <laughs> One taco shop does not make. A better taco place than barbecue. I'm sure. Did you, the barbecue, did you try the barbecue? Okay, then I'm not wrong. Oh, I did not. But now I feel like I better get out there and do it. Yeah, I've got. A, I've got a little time. Well, My you, flight doesn't go out till later. Let's go. All right, gentlemen. Let's do it again tomorrow. It's your morning after podcast. Hans Olsen, Scott Gerard, Lloyd Cole. Uh, please download. Please tell your friends. Tell them to download. Tell your wife and kids. Get all the cell phones together. All of you, please uh, download this sucker so that Nate Dowdle doesn't fire us. We would uh, super appreciate it. This is your morning after. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Remember, show kicks off at noon. Hanson Scotty, Lloyd Cole. This is 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone.